Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now back to Warriors This Week. On 95.7 The Game. All right, final hour. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. Warriors this week, 888-957-9570. A lot to continue to get into. Do the Warriors have to make some kind of a move between now and the end of the season? Yes. If they want to win a championship, Whitey's already on board with the, with the yes <laughs> to answer that question. And what what could it be? Quick text messages to, uh, to get to. Just one I wanted to address here from the 650 before we get back to the phones. Uh, JD, didn't you always say that just because Poole got the deal doesn't mean he will be with the Warriors long term? Take a victory lap, young man. Well, he's still on the team, so I don't know that I necessarily got that one right yet. But He's hard to trade right now, too. You you could trade him, but it's really hard. You, if you trade him now, you're trading a $4 million player as opposed to a $30 yeah. million player. So what you can get back, it, it's just... It, it's better to have him for this year, but I do think he becomes a tradable asset next year if mm-hmm. you wanted to, to go down that path and also maybe help him be put in a position where he'd get a shot to start and maybe get a shot at, at his own team. But, yes, that is something that I did say, so I appreciate those that are sticklers for for remembering when, when some of those things have the potential to come out to come out correct. Uh, let, let's get back to the phones, though, Whitey. Uh, appreciate Lynn in Atlanta for waiting through the break here. Uh, thanks, Lynn. How are you, Lynn? I'm fine. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. What's on your mind today? Yeah, I am a longtime Warriors fan. I used to actually, I live in Atlanta now, but I used to work for a company in the Bay, so I got a chance to go to several games a few years back. Um, and, and one of the things I think that I struggle with, with the criticism of Poole, not that he doesn't need to continue to develop, but I think, you know, the comparisons with him and Curry is that when Curry and, and Clay hit the, hit the NBA, the, the Warriors were in a completely different position, and they were allowed time to develop. None of them came to the NBA with the skills that we see today. And so I think because they have built up this franchise 
to the premier franchise that it is today, the demand and the requirements for pool to come up to speed um, are, are just that much more heightened. Um, I, I think we're comparing pool with really what is this his truly his second year playing with the team because he spent the first year and a half in the G League to pool to Curry, who's now in his 14th year, is a bit unfair because he's going to still need time to develop. Curry wasn't the player he is in year three that he is in year 14. So I think, you know, some some players come ready-made. Ja has come ready-made. He's hit the NBA with a splash. But other people take time to develop. And so I think, you know, Bob Myers seems to really believe in this kid for a reason. And that's one of the things that he said early on is that everybody develops at their own speed. But if they see certain markers coming to play where that person is progressing, the franchise is willing to believe in them. And I think that we as the fans need to understand that as well. Great phone call, Lynn. Thanks. Don't don't make it your last. That was an yeah. excellent phone call, Lynn, calling us here from Atlanta, Georgia. And I think it's spot on as far as Clay and, and Steph having the opportunity to develop. And, and Poole gets a little bit less of that opportunity now because he has to function in the context of trying to win an NBA championship. But at the same time, I think – the belief is if he's such a hard worker and and everybody has been adamant that he has been such a hard Absolutely. worker well put Absolutely. that attention toward toward the defensive end a little a little bit more i think the thing that's really unfair about comparing pool to curry and clay is frankly is i i don't think that he's ever going to be at their level as a shooter and i know right now clay's not shooting the ball real well but i he's always i said this before i think he's a little streaky by nature um, we've seen that, you know, Curry and clay, I think are, he just is not going to be as good as them and that that's okay. So that's why I don't think it's fair to compare. That's not a knock on him. The thing is here, he's in position to potentially become one of the cornerstones, uh, of, well, one of the next foundational pieces for the Warriors. So there are things obviously for him to get from here to there that he's going to have to work on. And defense is an issue with him. He's made tremendous strides. Tremendous stride since that first year here, the 15-win year when he got he was sent down to the G League. But it's also fair, especially for a guy who you know earns that uh, contract. It's fair for fans to look at and say, "Hey, how come he can't be better in these areas?" And clearly, for the franchise, they want him to continue to improve as well. But he's already had you know the way he played last year in the postseason. Um, I think that's really where he earned that big contract, JD. No, no doubt. And and I and I think also the fact that they were able to be as good as they were when he started in place of Clay Thompson. Yes, I think that yes. showed that he yeah. can be I mean, if the Warriors are not eighteen and two and twenty nine and nine with him in the starting lineup last year, they probably don't go on to win an NBA championship because the path to do it would have been a lot harder from the four or the five seed, mm-hmm. uh, and and they were very close. People forget to being a, a four That's or right. even a five seed last year when it was when it was all said and done. Abby in Dublin next here on ninety five seven. The game. What's going on, Abby? Thanks for the opportunity. I I, I have this crazy idea. Hear me out, okay? So yesterday I was kind of hearing one of LeBron James's podcast. Um, it was a dated one. It happened like a few few months back. And he shared his interest on working with Steph Curry. Now, there's a lot of conversation. I think Stephen S. Smith from ESPN spoke about 
uh, Kevin Durant being the guy who can be probably there, there might be a package that we can build where we can have Clay versus Kevin Durant, right, for Nets and Warriors. I'm thinking, why not LeBron? Like, why can't LeBron join Warriors? Like, think about it, right? So he he's of course trying to win another chip before he retires. It's almost the end of his career, and let's be honest, I think this is a great time to be so. Um, he has shared the interest of playing with his son, Bronny, before he drives. So I think with the Warriors set up, this would be a great place for Bronny to grow as well. And last but not the least, I would love to see Steph and LeBron play together pretty much every night. And that, that would be a great, great interest. And Bay Area would be like the equivalent of a Showtime Laker kind of a thing. Pretty much every night you watch these two play. Uh, plus, I think the Lakers need some shooting as well. So if they get somebody like Clay or even Wiggins, that wouldn't be a bad deal for them. So think about it. I think if LeBron comes to the Bay Area, that wouldn't be a bad idea. It kind of takes care of a lot of our problems right now from a defensive end. And I think overall we'll be a better team and a great team to see. Thanks for the call. I don't see it happening right now as far as a, as a you know looking to make that kind of a trade. I, I will not rule out more. Where my mind went with that is, well, the Lakers aren't going to do that now, but and the Warriors I don't think would want to get locked into where they're giving up certain players and taking back and, and just changing the mix. And To me, that would be more of a Lakers want to tear it down to the studs kind of a move if they did something like that. They, they don't, and, and he's been out also the, the last handful of games. So I'm, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit on it. It's a not a, I don't think it's crazy to think LeBron as a free agent when he gets to the point where maybe he doesn't want to make the most money he can and he would take a mid-level kind of a deal or that kind of thing. I don't think it's that crazy to think LeBron wouldn't maybe want to look at playing with Steph a little bit. And I think that would be more apt to happen here now than maybe happen somewhere else down down the line. I used to kind of wonder, oh, you never know, maybe Steph goes somewhere at the end of his career, maybe LeBron does. But I, I feel like LeBron, who's got options galore, I don't think it's that crazy to think down the line that he wouldn't maybe want to come to the Warriors just to be able to say he played a little bit with Steph. I yeah, I don't think it's preposterous. Um, I think it's still a little bit of a stretch, but I'm with you. I could see that down the road as far as this year goes, and to the points that Abby made. And thanks for calling. Like you mentioned, oh, you could trade Wiggins. Well, you can't trade Wiggins because he just signed a contract. You and it's not. I'm not saying well, you can't trade Wiggins. You shouldn't do that. I'm saying you can't trade him. It just speaks to and, and pool with his contract. It's really difficult. Even if you wanted to do that, it would be difficult to put together a package. I can't see the Lakers uh, willing to take like, oh, Wiseman for LeBron. Sure, we'll do that. We love Wiseman. I, so I don't think a trade it would be in the works now. And the, and as you mentioned, JD, and I think this is significant. We can't gloss over it. He's dealing. LeBron is with an injury now, and he's getting older. And I know he defeated Father Time in the commercials, but you know what? Uh, push comes to shove. Father Time is going to win that. And LeBron, they just had a few, like three or four days off, and he still couldn't play because he's got a groin injury. So he's an older player, and this year for him, I think, is about, you know, chasing down Kareem's record. This year, it doesn't, it's not as far fetched and ridiculous as maybe it would have been, but right now, it doesn't make sense. I don't think LeBron coming to the Warriors this year, I, I just don't see how that would work. The question, though, becomes, in separating from, from what Abi brought up, 
do the Warriors have to do something? And look, I, I saw the Nets play in Sacramento on Tuesday when the Kings put 153 on them. And I know Brooklyn did go in and beat Portland after that, but the Nets are just in an awful way right now. Now they got and Kyrie coming back though. Look out. Here he well, comes. Well, yeah, they got Kyrie coming back after they were what, five and three without him. They played better without him. Look oh, out. five and three. That's playing better. Look out. And now Kyrie is coming back into the equation as they, they come back home off of a, a Western trip. They actually went two and two. They beat the Clippers and beat Portland and then lost to Sacramento in embarrassing fashion and lost to the Lakers. So ah, I think that hmm. that tells you a little something about <laughs> effort and engagement Maybe when so. it comes to the Nets, White. Yeah. Ben Simmons played well. It was the Portland game. Ben Simmons played well, too. Yeah. Six yeah. for six. And yeah. yeah he had Off a- the bench. So if you're suggesting KD's in play – I, I would love that, and I think that would be great. But again, not. To I get, just don't want to give up Wiggins for it, and and. But you can't, you know, right? You can't. Yeah. So. And you can't do pool now. So even if it, like, I I feel like KD would fix it would fix issues for KD. It would fix some of the Warriors' issues. But like you said, you can't trade with. I wouldn't. Tra- I wouldn't want to trade Wiggins at, at this right. point. Like I would almost want that deal to be pool. And Wiseman and Kaminga and maybe like I would if if the money worked and and I, I'll say this because and and I know it it was quelled a little bit because the Warriors won last night and we're talking about the team meeting and the elephants in the room and hey Clay looked better and the defense was better so things did trend a little bit toward the positive light but if to bring it back to Durant if if you could give up Poole Wiseman Kaminga and Moody for Durant I would do it. Like I would absolutely, in a heartbeat, do I would give up all four of those young guys to bring Durant in. You'd need to take some pieces back to get to build a bench back up, but I would try to win a title with that over this the the development and the two timelines. I'm I'm kind of done with the two timelines. I, I guess, I'm too. If, I put if that, that makes yeah, sense. I yeah. think I'm done with it. Yeah, I think that that's to ultimately is proving to be a train wreck. Although it was very ambitious, you understand why they did it, but they knew it might not work. And I think there's a lot of evidence now to suggest. Uh, to state, actually, yeah, it's not working. Again, you try to put these packages together, and it's really complicated because of the contracts. Uh, if you could figure something out, you might have to bring a third team in. Uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I also think this from KD's standpoint, and who knows, but would KD want to come here when when he came here before? People said he was riding Steph's coattails. That would be totally different now. If KD came here now, it would be KD coming to save them rather than KD just <laughs> jump right? Jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. So I think from his standpoint, he'd be, he'd it, be it, on board with that. But I still, it, I don't know how you can swing that. If you can, I'm all for it. He'd be riding as the number two with Steph. Yes. It's basically him and Steph at yeah. this point. And you wouldn't, it would allow Wiggins to go down the pecking order. Clay could could be the fourth option, you know, whatever, just uh-huh. be a shooter. I think it would even improve their defense a little bit. But you might to, have to trade Draymond to make that work. And if you're Durant, would he want to yeah. come here? If you don't have Draymond, is he going to say, well, I don't, I don't want to – if Draymond's out there, I don't want to go there. So that's one of the things that really complicates it. It's a it's a mismatch right now, unfortunately, as, as far as the, the, yes. the pieces and, and, and who would have to go to bring him in. Yeah. Uh, in the, Yeah, you can't – and that you can't do the deal that I would do. Give up all the young players and get Durant. <laughs> you can't. I mean, again, it, you can't do that. Well, like uh, Pool's deal. Yeah, yeah, real quick. I know it's complicated, but Pool's deal—the money, his money going out—is what he's getting now. But for the team that takes him, 
the money that he's going to get counts for them. So it's totally out of whack. And so when you come to trying to match those things, like good luck. And that's, it's the league, the league trying to prevent teams from doing sign and trades. He needs to be a $30 million player before you can move him both ways. And he isn't going to be that until, until next year. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here on 95.7 The Game. Let's get to the coach in Vallejo on 95.7 The Game. Hey, hey, coach. Hey, J.D. and John, how you doing? Glad you got me on. And um, hope you hear me out here, but why can't they or why don't the Warriors go get Dwight Howard for this year? Now, I know it's Taiwan, but his first game was 38, 25, and 9, okay, his first game. So that's telling me he's at least running up and down the court every day. And coming off the bench for 10 to 15 minutes a game, Dwight Howard, instead of Jermichael Green, Steph and Clay would absolutely love that. He's still big, he's still strong, he still can rebounder, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So why won't the Warriors pursue that? That, uh, Coach, I think they won't pursue it or didn't pursue it because they had James Wiseman penciled in for those 10 to 15 minutes a game that you speak of. I don't think that one's crazy, though, anymore, Coach. I, I think you put him on the list of players that could be on the Warriors before the end of the year on a on a veteran minimum type of type of deal where it's prorated for, for the time at, at which they, they sign him. I, I think that's actually a possibility. There was a time 11 years ago or more where Joe Lacob really wanted Dwight Howard. Here's the thing that I look at, though. Um, to Coach's point, Dwight Howard's playing in Taiwan now. Why? Nobody wants him. Nobody wanted him here. I mean, you got look at some of the other backup bigs that you've got in the NBA. So sometimes you got to look at take your why, – why isn't anyone signing this guy? Oh, well, if nobody wants him, then there's a – you know, that's a pretty good indicator that he just can't play anymore. I'm with you, J.D. Maybe down the road he becomes uh, a last-ditch option. But the fact that he's in Taiwan, to me, that tells you all you need to know about whether Dwight Howard can really help you this year. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I, going to push back on that a little bit. I think he can help in that limited role, and that limited role may be exactly what the what the Warriors need. And, and yeah, it wouldn't necessarily be – Instead of Jamichael Green, I mean, it would be, I think, in, in some nights, but I think the Warriors could also get back to, all right, Looney's going to play six minutes, and then maybe you look at Jamichael Green playing five or six minutes, and then maybe Howard plays five or six minutes, and 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 then you figure out who gets the closing shift of a, of a half, and you really split it up almost into into four different categories as far as who's going to be who's going to be uh, out there at, at the end of, of the game. And you, you create options of players that, that can all do some different things. So I, I really don't think that one's, that one's crazy. Let me Eric just, in yeah, San Francisco. I'm sorry. Let's, yeah, go real ahead. quick, I'm sorry. Yeah. Real quick, uh, we disagree on that, but I will say this to the whole idea. Dwight Howard, when he was with Orlando and they went to the finals in 2009, they basically ran a four-out, one-in, like a Warrior-esque offense. So he has some experience playing in an offense that was basically similar to what the Warriors do a lot. Yeah, and I, I think he's accepted the fact as time has gone on that he he knows who he is now, and and I think he can help. I mean, he helped the Lakers going back a, a couple of years ago. I think you know he was with Philly, and and so I, I I don't know. I think I think he's accepted the fact that he knows he's a an extremely limited player, 
and probably can help in 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 that in that smaller type role. Eric, next here on ninety five seven, the game. Hey, Eric. Hey guys, how are you doing this afternoon? Good. Um, yeah, so I wanted to call about something that really struck me last night when I was at the game, and that is the disconnect between the front office and drafting and Kerr's preference for players. And the two most striking examples are Anthony Lamb had, for the most part last night, zero points, one assist, one rebound. Kaminga had five rebounds in, like, the first nine minutes he played, but he doesn't get off the bench in the second half. And then with Wiseman, Wiseman's a pick-and-roll center, but Kerr doesn't like pick-and-roll. Plus, the Wiseman-Kaminga fit's never going to work. So it seems like the front office is, like, trying to draft these high-upside guys that don't fit Kerr's system, and therefore they don't get any run, and their value plummets, and they don't improve because they don't get any run. And so it seems like what's really been amplified this year, and I'll pick your opinion offline, is that the biggest fundamental flaw is the discrepancy between the front office and Joe Lacob and Bob Myers and who they draft and the players Steve Kerr likes. And I think that's really come to a head in this first 16 games. Like I said, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. No, I think it's a I think it's a great topic to bring up. I, I think the Warriors have drafted Whitey. They have drafted best play, best player or highest talent level available in, in a lot of these instances. I think more specifically with Wiseman and Kaminga. And I, I think there is those players don't do the things that Steve Kerr needs them to do as role players to get the time on the floor and so it it is compounded by the fact that they if they don't get time on the floor then they then they don't develop and the Warriors right now are not good enough to let them be on the floor to make mistakes which I think is is the the bigger issue but the one thing I will say on the other part is I think Steve Kerr wants to play him more but they just don't play well enough when he's been given the opportunity so he's going to guys that he trusts because he doesn't want this season to get to get off the rails any more than it already has with a team being seven and nine. It's not a trend, just a broad trend that that happens, but to the caller's point, to your point, I think it's crystal clear that that is happening with those two guys, Kaminga and Wiseman with Wiseman. I think when the Warriors drafted him, he was so raw. You could argue that nobody knew what kind of player he was going to become other than the front office, which, again, our ownership probably goes higher than the front office. Ownership saw an opportunity here. We've got a core. They're aging, and now we have these high picks, which a team in our position doesn't normally have. We need to replace our core players. We need to find superstars. Wiseman, it was felt, could be one of those guys. He still could be. Doesn't look like it right now. That's why they took the gamble on a guy who would he fit what we do? We don't know, but we think he can have tremendous upside. And I think this similar thing happened with Kuminga. What I knew of Kuminga and the way he played, I wondered if he was a good fit for the Warriors, but I think they saw we got the seventh pick. This is a guy who, you know, a few weeks or months before the draft, he was considered one of the top three prospects. So they took these guys, even though they were questionable fits, because there was so much upside and they had more upside than some of the other guys that we could name in those drafts. Maybe they'll regret that. Maybe they regret that now. But I think there's something to that that did happen, but that's why it happened 
because they were swinging for the fences on both those players. Do you think the Warriors look back now, Whitey, and regret not taking LaMelo Ball? At everything, and, and if you remember that day that, that Wiseman was drafted in, in November, it was, I think, two years ago yesterday, uh, actually. It was also the day where Clay Thompson injured his yeah. Achilles, and it was revealed that, that he was going to have to miss another year when it seemed like he was so close to coming back from the, the knee injury had worked his way back. I think it was November the 18th, if, if memory serves, uh, in, in 2020. Do you think they regret knowing everything that they know now not taking LaMelo Ball? And I know LaMelo Ball's been injured. Yeah, he's been hurt a lot. I love LaMelo Ball. We've talked about how if you have LaMelo Ball, you probably don't develop pool. So I don't know about that specifically. Uh, not hard to imagine them regretting that maybe they didn't trade down and get a player and a, say, a Tyrese Halliburton, you know, for yeah. for that pick. Can you imagine if they drafted a Halliburton that year and then the next year if they drafted, say, Franz Wagner and there's some other names you could slide in there? Just think how how much brighter the future would appear right now if they'd done that. That's the nature of the draft, but um, they were they were shooting for the stars with those picks. 888-957-9570-510. John Dickinson, I usually like your takes, but giving up the young guys for KD is crazy. KD doesn't want to be here. Move on. I think KD would be fine being here. And look, I've been reluctant to, to go down the road of, of bringing KD back. But to me, if you and again, you can't do it. So it's, it's silly to bring up in a way because we've laid out a million different ways. But, but just the simple concept of, hey, are you all in on the second timeline? Or would you rather have KD? The answer for me now is unequivocally, I would yes. rather have KD. I yes. would rather have KD now mm -hmm. than Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, and I'd even throw in Jordan Poole. That part of it, that part of it that can't logistically happen, I would be 100% on board with if it could logistically happen. And if Stephen A. is talking about it as he was last week, we know how Stephen A. appears to be well-connected with the Warriors. I don't think it's going to happen, but I still think there's a chance, J.D., all right, all right. Still think yeah. there's a chance. A little bit, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, final segment coming up, 888-957-9570. Warriors this week on a Saturday. We're having fun on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Final segment, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. 888-957-9570. Talking about uh, the Warriors and do they have to make a move between now and the end of the season to get back to being championship caliber. Looking at uh, the text line, Whitey, and I know you had a thought on another move that wouldn't require a trade. We were talking about Dwight Howard in the last segment, so we'll get to that in just a second. 510, if you trade for KD, you don't have a bench and a bunch of old guys. Well, the young guys aren't playing. Right now, anyway. The young guys aren't a part of your bench now anyway, people, because they're not playing. Jonathan Kaminga, as we've had a few people reference, actually didn't play that bad last night in his eight minutes in the first half and had five rebounds and was a little bit more uh, you know, energetic than he has been at other times. He still didn't play in the second half. Why? Because Steve Kerr doesn't trust him. He's not part of the bench. He's playing because he has to play, but Steve Kerr does not trust him. You'd also have to rework that deal, Whitey, to where you're going to get maybe a bench player or two back from Brooklyn in addition to KD, but it just keeps coming back to the fact that the, the math doesn't add up for that to even be right. to be a potential. My, my, my point was more to say I'm done with the second part of the two-timeline plan. Like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not counting on what Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody are going to be four years from now because you know what? I'm not sure the Warriors are going to suck enough to where those guys can actually play enough to develop into that core. And so, and so, so there, rats yeah. on the table, elephant in the room addressed. You know what would be great, and I, and I know other people have said this since, and I think I said it to you two weeks ago, whenever it was, if this hypothetical trade with the Nets, which we agree, you look at the particulars, it's like, whoa, I don't know how you make that happen. But if you could get, if you're worried about, you know, you trade out your young players, like, well, there goes our future. If you could get Simmons back as well, a young player like that, that would be a great trade because he's, you know, he played better last uh, last game in Portland. Um, man, again, a really far fetched. But oh, if you could get a young talent like that, I mean, he's there's still some upside there. So I don't know, but um, that would be to me that would be something you have to really think about real quick on Dwight Howard because coach. Call and said, how come no one has signed Dwight Howard? Maybe the Warriors should get him. And you said, yeah, maybe, you know, down the road. And I was like, eh, if no one wants him, there's a reason why no one wants him. So I looked into it just a little bit, see what you think of what I found. And you guys are right. I mean, he was pretty good last year in a limited role for the Lakers and Philly. This is what Dwight Howard said to Matt Barnes in October. He said, I want to play, but at the same time, there's like no teams that really want to allow me to play. That's how I've been feeling from the last situation with the Lakers. I felt like I did enough to help them win a championship to really deserve a spot on the team and a chance to start and get big minutes, and it didn't happen. After that, I'm like, man, I don't want to have to bust my ass for another whole summer, train three days, go on a crazy diet, do all this bleep, and then get back to a team and sit on the bench or not get to really help somebody win. So it sounds like he's not interested in being a reserve anymore. Now, maybe he goes to Taiwan, well, plays great, and then he's like, okay, I'll come over and help you. But it sounds like that's the issue with Dwight Howard. He still thinks of himself as a guy who should be starting and playing big minutes. 
Well, if that's the case, then you can just then then I'll I mean, if that's the case, Whitey, then I'll just I'll just give it to you right here, cut and dry. We're just going to rip up that paper right now and for those <laughs> watching on YouTube and Twitch can see me rip up the paper. I'm just flinging it in the air here. <laughs> Forget maybe, it then. Yeah, if, maybe if he's unwilling he decides, to. If, if yeah. he wants to start and play legitimate <laughs> minutes, then hit well, the pike. That's what he's doing in in Taiwan. Put up big big minutes in his debut, big minutes yeah, and big I, points. I, Monstrous debut. I was under the impression that he would be more willing to have a, a limited role because he's had that role the last couple. Like who who goes and plays a limited role and then you know, at this stage of their career and believes that that should give them an opportunity to start. Maybe, maybe that's part of the reason why DeMarcus cousins doesn't have a job either. Well, and he's also was talking about maybe I'll go to the, uh, you know, WWF. I don't know that he really wants to play basketball as much as he wants to be a star. I don't know. And maybe well, that's he goes to Taiwan. Too. Yeah. And maybe he decides, yeah, I'll go help you win a championship later in the year. But right now it sounds like he's not interested in the role that we know he, he might uh, be able to help the warriors in. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here. Warriors this week. <laughs> final segment uh, on ninety five seven. The game. A lot of great conversation uh, as we were talking about the Warriors' win over the Knicks. Yeah. Are they in a position now to where this translates into the road? Can it translate? Because the Warriors are seven and one at home now. Zero and eight on the road. Tomorrow's a must win at, at Houston. I, to just make a lot of what they did better stand up. And every time you've kind of been, oh, the Warriors turn in the corner. They have won four out of six. They hit you know, with a loss that makes you think, you know what? No, they have not turned the corner. And that would be the case if they can't somehow, some way, figure well, out a, a means to beat Houston. Be also Houston. discussing elephants in the room today on the show with Jamichael Green referencing the team meeting that was held. Clay Thompson also addressed it in his post-game press conference last night. Warriors had a team meeting to, to clear the air and discuss the elephants in the room uh, surrounding their poor play so far this season. I think at the forefront of that, Clay Thompson's play specifically, the defensive intensity and, and maybe the energy of the young players or the attitude of the young players to, to this point uh, – you could definitely see, knowing after the fact that the Warriors had a meeting, what, you know how it it did look different. There was a concerted effort to have it look different. Yeah, last Clay night passed against, the ball. Uh, yeah, it looked yeah. different. Yeah, <laughs> it, exactly. Clay passed the ball, and they defended at a higher level. I'm not sure how much of the defending at a higher level was the Knicks because they did still foul and put them on the line 34 times. The Knicks are an offensively challenged team at times and and easier to guard. So we've seen when the Warriors have played teams that are have offensive firepower, really with the exception of the Cleveland game, teams that have offensive firepower have been able to just have their way with the Warriors to this point. Yeah, 26 fouls is still a lot of fouls. So, yep. right? there, And you have to look at why is that? Um, the Warriors are older. Maybe it's harder to guard. They're, they're, they're small. You know, so it's difficult to defend without fouling when you're when you're playing bigger teams. But uh, we know Steve Kerr has been talking about how that has to improve, and 
Some of these things, like I said, the bench wasn't great last night. They still fouled, but you don't notice those things um, because those the, they won. But those are potential elephants in the room as well. The bench has to play better still, and they have to defend without fouling so much. And they only got to the line 20 times, J.D. They made 11 of 20 last night. 11 out of 20, come on. Yeah, kind of a weird, kind of a weird night. When you look, I mean, Steph missed a couple. Yeah. Last night, Wiggins had a, an off night, one of four. Uh, you know, Draymond and Looney, both three of four. I think you'd take that from them. Jamichael Green, two of three. Just just looking at it, Kaminga, I guess, was one of two. But I, I guess it was really Steph and Wiggins being two for seven that threw that a little bit out of whack. Mm-hmm. If you take out the Phoenix game, which you can't, I think things were definitely trending in the right direction. So it's a big game. This road trip is big. If they somehow win both these games, they're feeling a lot better about themselves. It's obviously difficult to do when you figure you're not going to be able to play everybody in both those games. Um, but the Phoenix game was just weird, and maybe there's a you know, silver lining to all that. Finally force them as an organization, as a team, to look and examine at some of these things that had been dragging them down. And we'll see long-term if they've been able to put them in the rearview mirror. They just had to address some of these things. Um, yeah. the elephants in the room. So there's some positive signs going forward here, but you know, to the point you raised, there's seven and nine here. So you got to win these games. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about this upcoming stretch of what would be 17 games between now and Christmas when the Warriors begin a long homestand with the game against the Grizzlies. And, and what do the Warriors have to do over the course of these next 17 games to, to really set themselves up to where, all right, the season's beginning now. It's Christmas, the season's beginning, and you're not buried. Because that was that was the other big takeaway for me, Whitey, coming off of the Phoenix game. It was the fact that it, this team could get buried. Like, they're mm-hmm. in this danger zone right now, and they've won four of six to prevent it from getting even worse. But unless you really extend that level of play over a month or more – you're you're gonna you're gonna just hang around 500 or below, and and the biggest worry that I'd have right now for the Warriors is you're seven and nine, and now what if somebody has to miss a couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah, I know. I was thinking and, I didn't and, want to say it, but yeah, yeah. No, and I, I mean I I said it. I was having the conversation. Uh, eating, I was eating dinner with with Kareth Burke of of NBC Sports Bay Area last night at the arena and before the game and in the media room, and it's like, all right, well, what if you know. And I, I said exactly, I said, well, what if what if Steph just, hey, the next 10 games, Steph's not playing. How many do they win? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the answer would be, I think she said two or three. I, I think I said zero or one. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but either way, if you're seven and nine, and then let's say you go three and seven even. Let, let's just, we'll play the game out. If you're seven and nine and, and you go three and seven, I mean, at that point, you're 10 and 16 a third of the way through the year that that takes you two months to make up for just to get back to 500 and now all of a sudden it's now all of a sudden it's March and you're basically 500 well that's the other really troubling thing about the fact that the bench hasn't been as productive at some point hopefully not but you may need some of those guys on the bench to step in as starters to hold things down for a stretch if somebody gets hurt or something. And right now, that's a, a scary proposition. But, you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully you won't have to uh, to deal with that. Let me ask you this, if I may. From the Phoenix game, what was the most disturbing or alarming to you and what was the most positive thing about what you saw last night? So uh, both sides. Phoenix game, what was the worst thing you saw from the Warriors? What was the best sign for you based on last night's win? 
There was a lack of com- of uh, competitiveness, I thought, in Phoenix, other than Steph. It was Steph versus the world, and nobody else really was – it just felt like they were going through the motions defensively, just lackluster. It was a lackluster Wiggins game. It was a lackluster Draymond game. And I'm thinking national TV against a team that just thumped you a couple of weeks ago in that same building, I was not anticipating that game to feel like a pickup game. With especially, And maybe part of that was because the Suns did have some players out and yeah. the Warriors thought that they could walk in there and, and win it, 130 to 125. Shame on them if, if they felt that way. But, yeah, the lack of competitiveness. And I thought there was, a, there was visible frustration mm-hmm. in that game of players toward other players to where it was like, oh, there is some internal bleep going on here. And Kerr addressed it afterwards, the fact that, yeah, there's some stuff that I don't want to talk about in a press conference that we're going through. And that has to get fixed. And it's on me as the coach to try and fix it. And it was more personality-based than basketball-based. And so if they cleared the air about that stuff yesterday, then it's not – crazy to understand why they had to clear the air uh, after the way that it looked uh, against the Suns. As far as what did you like about last night, I like the fact that for the first time this season, Clay Thompson looked like he was comfortable playing the right way. I, I don't think at any point this year, Clay Thompson has looked like a player that wanted to play the right way. He, he was so like happy sh- after that first quarter. He was so happy. Yeah, and it was just, but it was, but it was happy not because he was making shots, it was just, it was, I mean, I, I guess maybe that was part of it, but it was, he was, he was, pl- he was, he made a conscious effort to not take every bleeping shot. Yeah. <laughs> which is, yes. which, to, I mean, that's the most important thing to come out of last night for me was the fact that it looked like, you know what it looked like, Whitey? It looked like somebody finally said to Clay, Chill out, dude. You're killing us. Yeah. And it's ticking us off. Uh-huh. And, because there had been this this cloak of, like, everybody was afraid to say, Clay, you stink. Do it differently. Right. And and then maybe you'll stink less. Yeah. You know, oh, he needs to so find I, his way. He needs to find his way through this. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, dude, no. that ain't the way. Hey, dude. Yeah. Pass the rock. Right. And you'll get it back. Mm-hmm. And take 15 or 16 shots instead of 22. Yeah. To me, the most... Dis- Encouraging thing about the Phoenix game was the fact that Coach Kerr had to, for the first time as a Warrior coach, tell his team to play together and play harder. That's stunning. And then the most encouraging thing was last night, to the point you made, Warriors, especially offensively, it's like the the shots were evenly distributed, balanced scoring, one, two, three, four, five, six guys in double figures. It was Warrior basketball. So to see them go from the the most unwarrior like moment of Steve Kerr's reign to getting right back to, oh, yeah, we haven't seen that in a while. That's warrior basketball in the very next game. I thought that was really encouraging. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here. Final couple of minutes on 95.7 The Game. The 415, I want to run this one by you. They bring up Miles Turner as the ideal trade target. Mobile shot blocker, three-point shot. He could help the Warriors contend with Memphis and Denver and and the rest of the best in the West. What do you think? He's not a great rebounder, right? There, he's a good player. I could, I, I think he'd be a nice addition. Comes down to what you'd give up for him. So my question, JD, is what do you think it's reasonable to expect as far as how other teams, maybe San Antonio, if you talk about Pirtle, or maybe Indiana with Miles Turner. 
Is is Wiseman still something that other teams may see as, ooh, yeah, we like that? Uh, wait, say that again, Wiseman? Do you think other teams, if you're going to trade with somebody, maybe Indiana for well, Turner, do you think other teams yeah. could look at Wiseman and say, yeah, well, that's an asset that we'd be interested in? I do, I do think, Whitey, that other teams would would be interested in Wiseman as a as a developmental project. Like I don't I don't think he's I don't think Wiseman is never going to be good. Necess- I just I question whether he can be good with the Warriors in the context of this mm-hmm. situation that they have. If if the Warriors were Orlando or Charlotte or the Rockets or the Pistons, I, I guess Charlotte's trying to be better. But if they were a bottom feeder younger team that was basically, hey, young guys play, we don't care if we win, then I wouldn't be worried about Wiseman. But this team would also be, you know, three and thirteen right now because and, and that and everybody would be okay with it because it would be about developing the younger players. So I, I, the problem though is even those teams that would be interested in Wiseman moving forward they know that the value has gone down. So they're going to want him. And right. I could see a handful of teams that really want Wiseman, but they're like, we can get him for nothing mm-hmm. because, because the Warriors have, I don't want to say bungled it, but he's played so poorly. And now they're sending him down to the G League. Yeah. I mean, that that makes it look like, even though we know it's not true, they're done with him. Yeah, I'm with you. I I can see how a team would say he's still got tremendous upside. If he plays well at the G League, I think his value starts to tick back up in in the right direction but draft picks are so valuable now and he's almost still I don't think it's hard to imagine another team looking at him and going he's basically a draft pick he's very young he's hardly played yeah it hasn't gone well but he's played so little that he still has tremendous upside and I as I said earlier I still think that's the best course of action for the Warriors but if you could like I said I I think right now I'd prefer something with Jakob Pertle and Miles Turner um, but I, 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 I mean, either one of those guys would be, I think, a would, terrific help right now. You'd give up? Would you give up? See, I don't. To me, and I think a lot of Warrior fans would go crazy on this. Would you give up Wiseman for Pirtle? I know that financially they're making basically the same amount of money, so it does work from that. Like to me, if if the Warriors tomorrow traded James Wiseman for Jakob Pirtle, I think people would be like, "Oh my God, like I've, that's I that's th- all you could get for James Wiseman." Yeah, well, the only reason I'd hesitate is because I think Pirtle's a free agent after he this year. Free, yes, yeah, so is. you'd I, if you didn't have you know if you didn't have an idea whether you could keep him. I'd be reluctant to, but otherwise, yeah, I think Pirtle would make you, I mean, Wiseman can't even be on your team right now. Pirtle's having a good year. I think, right, you would improve so much. I think just by making that move that, yes, I would I would do that in a heartbeat, and I think it would really improve mm. your chances to be a legitimate contender this this year. I I, I think it, it would make you better this year for sure. I just think that's a... It's a tough sell. Maybe, I know. I know that maybe people I would shouldn't go look nuts. at it that way, but I think in, no, you're in right. the court of public opinion, you're that right. would look embarrassing. Yeah, you're right. Like, it would be an admission of like we blew that. Basically, you say, "Hey, we blew it on Wiseman." Sorry. Yeah. Now, if you trade him for Miles Turner, I think that's a little different. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you'd you'd have to give up more than just Wiseman if you were going to get Miles Turner. That would not be a one for one. Is he also a free agent to be type of deal? I'd have to look okay. at that. I thought. I could be wrong. I thought he signed. Let me look at that here. Uh, I thought he signed a longer term deal, but it might be up already because we've talked about it for such a long time. Yeah, he is a free agent. Yeah, uh, so he's making seventeen point five million. There. Yeah, now 
and yeah, it's funny. We, we I feel like we've been talking about Miles Turner for three years, and I know and that would that would make sense because he signed a four year, seventy million dollar contract mm-hmm. uh, going back to two thousand nineteen. That 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 first pandemic year was now what three seasons ago. It's mm-hmm. kind of hard. Wow, to, man, hard to feels like yesterday, Whitey. It's, well, yeah. Yeah, uh, Pirtle, I think, fits in some ways better than Turner, although Turner is widely seen as a much better player with what the Warriors do with their centers. But, yeah, either one of them, I think, would be a huge improvement over what where the Warriors are right this second. Yeah, I think so far so good as far as, you know, it's one game, but the Warriors, it, it looked like, hey, the meeting worked, at least for one game, but the question now becomes, all right, so how long does that wind up lasting for the Warriors uh, as far as their, you know, New look, mm-hmm. let's say, mm-hmm. and, and what does this team have to do moving forward? Uh, because I think you could look at the the demotion, and it is a demotion. I mean, that's the other thing. Like James, like, you can say it's not a demotion and try to look at it that way. It's a demotion. Like he he got sent to the to the minor leagues to yep. to work on his game. Like that's that's what it is. There's there's no shame in it. But let's also not try to act like it's something that it's not. He he got demoted for the time being. A- accept it. Own it get better from it, like all of those things can still happen. But I feel like that demotion is really the first time where it's like, you know what, he may, if you are going to have to make a move, he may need to be the first move that you look to make. And then that gets into these trade scenarios that could wind up appearing as, as underwhelming, Whitey. F- final thought, man, we're already done. Wow. Final thought is the Warriors are finally going to win a road game against the Rockets and the, everything is trending in the right direction now. Uh, the bar has been lower this year, uh, but they are going to have to make a move or two if they're going to have a chance to actually contend for another championship this year. Yeah, fun week ahead with the yeah. Warriors and Rockets tomorrow and then the Pelicans Monday and then a couple of couple of good teams coming to chase, the Clippers yeah. and the Jazz surrounding the Thanksgiving holiday, so looking forward to that. Whitey, great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Look forward to it. For Sterling Bennett, appreciate everybody that uh, watched us on YouTube and Twitch this morning in addition to listening to us on 95.7 The Game and the app. We'll talk to you next Saturday. I'm back tomorrow with Warriors Live at 3 o'clock for the Warriors and the Rockets. Fox Sports Radio next right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.